This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affect all of us in and out of the ACB community. God, I just love those horns. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and I have got a jam-packed, awesome show for everyone today. I am going to be starting off in Movers and Shakers with Cindy Hollis, and she's bringing Mika, Nat, and Kayla with her. We'll get to those ladies in a little while, but first... Welcome to the program, Cindy Hollis. I have finally gotten you here. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so if there is one or two people listening who do not know who you are, I'd be shocked. But just in case, let's uh, let's tell them what your role in ACB is and how you got here. Well, the first part is the easy part. The second part is probably a little bit longer, but I am membership services coordinator so that is my job, and I've been here almost 15 months, and it has been a wonderful and wild ride, <clears throat> especially the last six months. Um, how I got here, I joined ACB uh, 34 and a half years ago, <clears throat> so obviously I was a baby, um, <laughs> and actually I was pregnant with my first daughter when we formed a chapter in my local area. <clears throat> And that was in the state of Washington. And so over the next 30 plus years, I really just grew in in different activities and uh, leadership roles that I took on. Eventually was president of Washington Council. I did that for eight years, uh, four years consecutively twice with a four-year break. I've also been president of what is now ACB Families for uh, three years. I was on the Board of Publications for four years, uh, 2007, 8, 9, 10, I believe. Uh, and let's see, I've chaired some committees. I've, I, I chaired uh, awards for several years, <clears throat> co-chaired auction. I've chaired the what is now the Burl Colley Leadership Institute Committee, and I served on the convention committee for ACB uh, in the early 2000s when we first started the youth program, because that was something that I actually wrote the resolution for and was the first coordinator of what was then the Youth Activity Center. So... <clears throat> All this is to say that I've had a lot of involvement and have been committed to this organization for a long time. And of course, my work experience uh, has been in the blindness community. I, uh, with the exception of early on, I, I was a nursery director for my church uh, for three years, but I worked at the Lighthouse for the Blind for a couple of years, well, three years, and then I worked uh, as a paraeducator, providing Braille instruction and other independent living skills for 21 years in our local public schools. Then I worked at the Lighthouse for the Blind again, but this time in development, and I was their development and outreach coordinator. 
And when this job came open, when I heard about it, even like two years before that there was, that they were working on bringing this position to fruition, I knew I wanted it. I wanted it with everything in me. And so when it came open, the idea of moving was not part of my plan of getting this job, but it was really the only way it was offered. So I put my name in and did the interview process and got the job. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> so Well, kudos to Eric Bridges. Kudos to the board. Um, it's, it's a decision that was well, 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 well received. Well, well done. So let's talk about Cindy, Cindy first. Um, yeah. And then we'll get into ACB, Cindy. So you were from the state of Washington. Um, but I, I believe I heard something about Carson in your early years. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Carson, California. And um, so, uh, you know, I was there until my senior year of high school. I graduated in Washington State. So my parents moved to Washington uh, in 1979. I graduated in 1980. Uh, and I call Washington home. I love it there. It's beautiful. And, you know, a lot of people think all it does is rain there, but that's not true. Uh, it's, it's just beautiful. And you get everything. You get mountains and hiking and, and so forestry and um, a lot of greenery. And you get lots of water. And, uh, and summers are beautiful. And winters aren't too crazy and i don't know i just i love it there not to mention the washington council of the blind is an amazing affiliate so but i am partial um and i raised two daughters there uh so i have two girls uh, my oldest daughter now lives in michigan her husband was in the military and they met in Washington and then they moved to New York and landed in Michigan after he got out of the military. So they live just outside of Detroit. And she has my three grandchildren. So mm-hmm. um, that's a, a place I always long to be. And uh, my grandchildren are Molly, age 12, George, age 9, and Elena, age 6. Aww. And I'm Nana. <clears throat> and... <laughs> Um, and then my youngest daughter is Amanda, Amanda. So my oldest daughter is Amelia. And Amanda was married last year in January 2019 to James. And they got married at a destination wedding, which was held at Disney World. So that was Ooh. pretty cool. And uh, they still live in Washington, uh, not but 10 minutes from where I used to live. So, so people who are familiar with community calls know that you acquired uh, another form of Nana status. (laughs) You are Nana, Mama, um, mentor to the posse and all of the facilitators and all of the wonderful, wonderful people under your wing. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. I'm wondering, personally, have you had that moment in in Minneapolis where you threw your... uh, right into the air did you do your mary tyler moore moment no (laughs) (laughs) i mean i um you know i don't know that i've really found my like place here in minneapolis itself other than the things i was really really active in and doing 
have ceased because of uh, of COVID. So uh, I did bowling last year uh, for this season, and it's been on put on hold right now. Uh, and I also did uh, blind darts. So both were blind leagues, uh, and had you know an amazing time with those activities. Uh, and I actually was uh, rookie of the year for the Blind Audio Dart League this year. Nice. That's pretty cool. And uh, got the most tens, which means that a ton is when you get 100 points or more in one round with three darts. And I had six of them. So I outdid everybody else in the league on that. So I actually got some money back. <laughs> um, and I think... I'll find out here on the 19th, but I think I got high series for bowling. So I've not been a lot into, you know, those kind of activities. So this has been really kind of fun. Uh, But yeah, that's, and and I'm really in a nice apartment and, you know, um, the, and which makes it really, uh, you know, I want to say tolerable, but maybe even more than that, um, with the community calls and being stuck at home, I, I feel like I'm in a really, you know, good place here. And, uh, but being, you know, I know we're going to be talking more about those community calls here in a bit, but <clears throat> they have r- truly been as good for me as I know they've been to those, par- you know, participating in them from the community. So, well, you know, I think COVID has affected everybody in, in vastly different ways. And I, I tend to ask all my guests, what have they been doing? How have they been coping, et cetera, et cetera. That's a question I definitely do not have to ask you because no. anybody who gets an email or <laughs> listens to Sunday edition or any of the other shows yeah. on ACB radio knows exactly what you've been doing. And, and I often wonder, do you sleep? <laughs> um, <laughs> not a lot. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't require too much. I guess I, um, to be honest, uh, I, I work and then I probably volunteer nearly as many hours as I work. Um, but it, it really is. People always ask me, they're always concerned about burnout. Um, I, I'm pretty good about stepping back when I need to, but really this is where I get energy. I get energy from people and I don't get to be around a lot of people right now. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is, I'm getting it from everybody and it's good and it keeps me healthy and sane. <laughs> and, I, I don't want to intrude going. too much in you. I don't want to intrude too much in your life, but I know you recently had a visit with um, your grandkids and, and your daughters. Yeah. How was that? It that was amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, we did. Uh, they, they came out here for the first time and my, I surprised the them with my other daughter coming out flew her out so I had both of my daughters and my grandchildren here for my birthday at the end of July and uh, it was so needed Uh, it was like everything was worth waiting for that time with them so four amazing days and um, my granddaughter the six-year-old she said this was the best time and I will remember it forever and she held Aww. my face when she said that. So I, you know, that said it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I know affiliates like BPI, which I, of course, have a big heart for and, and um, guide dog users. They were doing 
calls once a month or once a week pre-COVID, but it was never anything that was structured. It was just trying to do some membership coordination, some membership mm-hmm. generation, et cetera, et cetera. And then COVID hit. So mm-hmm. tell us, tell us about, you know, we're up to sure. what, like 75, 76 community so, calls a week? Almost. Um, so when, when I learned I was going to be working from home, uh, that we all were, I told Eric that I would like to set up a couple of calls that week just to talk to affiliates about ways to stay connected. And you're right. There were some affiliates that were already doing some of this, but not nearly at the level that they are now. And uh, so really at that time, I talked to them about just the importance of finding a way to stay connected if they couldn't meet, still doing it over the phone, even if it was using free conference call or whatever they had access to. Of course, today I would be telling them to use Zoom because that's what we are using for everything. And really the quality of the call is so amazing in comparison. They they really can't be compared. We've also learned now that a lot of uh, carriers are blocking or charging for people to be able to access free conference calls. So now with the community calls, as this has evolved, we only uh, advertise or promote, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, We only promote calls that are using the Zoom platform. And when we started in March, that that Friday after those two conference calls, I just reached out to the leadership list and said, hey, any of you affiliates, if you have calls and you'd be willing to open them up to people, you know, I'll, I'll put a schedule together and, you know, just let me know. And I think that that next week we had maybe nine or, you know, some something like that, uh, nine to 11 calls um, on that week. The next month, we so April we had so in March we had thirteen calls, but that was you know just the last two weeks of March. In April we had eighty eight. In May we had one hundred and sixty. In June it grew to two, grew to two twenty three. In July we took about eight. Did we took eight days off um, because of the convention, and we still had over one hundred and fifty calls. In August we had. 230 something I believe uh, and uh, I don't know exactly I know that we are we have 73 scheduled this week we mm-hmm. held 69 last week and we had 74 the week before that so our numbers are definitely have gone up and they don't look like they're going to slow down and uh, it's amazing the the Really, the people who are stepping up and wanting to facilitate calls or put together a call based on a topic of interest. And that is what I need. I Lots of people have ideas, but I don't have the time to be able to try and pull a call together. But I welcome people bringing me calls that they've put together and... Then we have trained hosts and continue to train hosts, and we could talk about that in a little bit. And but we are able to provide uh, Zoom hosts for those calls, so people don't have to know Zoom. They don't have to have Zoom. Uh, we have accounts that we can schedule calls on for people. Now, if they have their own Zoom Pro Zoom account, they can also schedule their own call, and many people do that. Uh, we have access to one webinar. Uh, account 
for the community calls. So we're able to do that. And I think, you know, a couple of other things that I, I just want to get out there is that at the end of May, uh, the community channel was born and, you know, we were streaming more and more things on ACB radio and uh, it was the, the brain, the brainchild of Jeff Bishop will give credit where credit's due, uh, who's, who thought to, you know, maybe we could create one of these, change one of these channels into a community channel. And I think it's, it's got to be, I don't know, uh, I don't have stats in front of me, but I would think it's right up there as one of the most listened to channels. Um and sometimes we even have things carry over. We might have more than one thing going on at a time. So then, you know, things might be streamed on live or special event. So um, that's been great. And then in June, the Facebook group was born. And that was because there were people that were coming on the calls and they'd want to exchange information. And how can we, you know, how can we stay in touch between calls and, you know, People, there are many, many people that have been coming on these calls from early April or late March. And, uh, you know, people know each other's voices. And uh, there's just, it's, and new people come on and we're getting to know them. And um, I just feel like it's become this amazingly welcoming place uh, in the community calls as well as the Facebook group. That's just really uh, allowed us to grow and connect and um, people to ask questions and feel like it's in a safe place to do that. So Yeah, I, I remember in the in early stages of, of putting that all together, the aspirations for the page. And now we are well over a thousand on the page, on the group. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a thousand forty-five or something, or forty-six. It's absolutely, absolutely amazing to see. You know, I want to take one step back, um, you know, and talk about the community calls channel itself. And a shout out, of course, to Debbie Hazelton and Jason, Jason Castingway, yes. who is streaming Sunday Edition as we speak. Shout out, Jay. Um, they also archive m- most of the community calls as well. Yes. Um, so our membership who doesn't know that they can go back and access the calls. They can go to acbradio.org and access a lot of the calls that have been streamed as well. And uh, Yes. So that's a good point. I mean, this, this whole thing has just, it's, it's a program of ACB and it's one of the largest programs I think that we have right now are these community calls and, the things connected to it. And when you think about that, it's, it's born a, a, a stream on ACB radio podcasts uh, for future download, uh, the Facebook group and several calls that have become regular events, um, which have also spawned another, you know, more Facebook groups um, and, WhatsApp groups uh, and WhatsApp and email lists and and people just are you know just and and they are taking responsibility and I I just really appreciate that people have high standards 
in ensuring that what we do is of the utmost, you know, quality and professionalism and, um, you know, shows the care and compassion uh, that I think we want in our community. So, you know, at convention, um, you know, besides am I muted or, you know, am I unmuted yet? (laughs) One of the biggest, one of the biggest phrases where I hope the community calls never go away that every time you heard that phrase, you had to have, you know, your heart had to have skipped a beat or two. Yeah. yeah, it was starting even before the convention. I mean, it's been the none of us thought COVID would still be going on right now, right? Um, yeah. So I think you know, back in May, even people thought it, it's going to probably be over with, and we'll be back to you know some semblance of normalcy for the summer, and that hasn't happened. But even then, when when this ends you know we're still going to have these calls right you know i mean it was just a common thread and yeah it continued through convention and still i I mean i'm asked it at least once each week for sure uh and i i always answer that this community would not let these end like that i already know that and so as long as there's interest and as long as there's people willing to serve and provide content and volunteer and help support these calls, they're not going to go away. And we have a huge, you know, the saying about it takes a village. It really does. And I couldn't even begin to count the number of people that contribute to making the community happen. But it's huge. Well, I truly wish we could have brought the whole village for today's Sunday edition, mm-hmm. but you know, there was the constraints and restraints of doing a show and doing it live. I did ask you to bring along some amazing village members. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you introduce one by one the three amazing, amazing village members you brought? So I'm going to start off with a Nat, Nat Ratcliffe. Uh, who is amazing in and of herself. Um, She started with the community uh, in its early stages, probably its first coffee call, and uh, started hosting. So was a volunteer, hosted at convention. Uh, Probably a month in, became a member at large of ACB. So she was not a member when she started. And now is my intern uh, as um, with the membership admin assistant. Uh, and so just started this past week and I just, she's like the success story of the community, right? Me, right? Because yeah. she came because of the community and now here she is. So uh, do you want to start with her? Or do you want me to keep me introducing everybody and then come back? No, let's, yeah, let's, let's start with, um, let's start with her. Welcome, 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 Nat. And uh, congratulations. You and I are our brother and sister in internship roles. And, and I love that. <laughs> You're not allowed to call me Nana. Yeah. Yeah. That is. <laughs> Only she even, can. <laughs> even on my own show, I don't get a no, pass. To no, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> but like, like Cindy said, you're 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 an amazing ACB success story. Um, you know, and I, I would cringe to to put those those words out there that way. But it sometimes it is just what it is. So can you can you from your perspective 
give us your version of the journey. Okay. That is okay. Hmm. Where to start? I guess the beginning is the best part. Um, so when the, I am a college student and I was attending classes in at my local community college. And then when COVID hit and I thought, no, this is not going to happen to us. It happened to us. And we all started having to quarantine. And I reached out to Mika, who's also going to be introduced later. And she's one of my best friends. And I told her, I'm not sure how I'm going to manage because I am an introverted person who does like getting out and, you know, does like interacting with people. And I was very, very like just scared and not and unsure of what would happen. And then one day she said, you should come to this coffee social my friend Cindy is having. And at this point, I had not met Cindy, but I knew of Cindy. And we were always kind of, um, among the friend group. We were always kind of like, Cindy's going to notice us one day. Cindy's going to notice us one day. And then she said, <laughs> you should come to this thing. And I said, sure, what time? And she said, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I went, mm. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's really, really early. So I said, okay, after much of uh, much trepidation, because I'm not a morning person. And I came and I just fell in love with like, just how amazing this community is and how everyone looks out for each other. And they're always so kind to each other. And Cindy is really, really the person who kind of started this and held us together as a community and I just kind of I I knew this is the place I wanted to be because I just felt you know I felt like I was home and that's exactly what I needed during quarantine and like she said a month in I started um, I became a member and then I said how can I help you know how can I help and suddenly I was a Zoom, I was learning how to use webinar and learning how to host Zoom calls. And I think my first webinar was something to do with Claire Stanley and Pick of the Litter. And she's like, oh, by the way, this is going to be streamed. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was so nervous. But it ended up being so much fun. So I, so she, then Cindy said, hey, do you want to help with convention? And I said, of course I do. And that was fun. That was so much fun. I loved it being able to be behind the scenes and just watching everyone be so, so happy and so engaged and kind of, kind of just happened that I just became her intern. So don't you and Nana have a Carson connection just a few years apart? (laughs) Yes, we do. We really (laughs) So I'm from Carson, California, and we attended the same middle school and high school, which I think is kind of really hilarious. It is amazing. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Because she'll, she'll tell me stories, and it's like, so one time at Carnegie, hi, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. She knows exactly <laughs> that pillar that I, or column that I ran into. I tried to save first. <laughs> that's That's awesome (laughs) Uh, so tell us you're a college student what um what do you want to get out of the internship and what does your life plan look like right now 
Okay, so um, I just have to get this out of the way. I do not have a life plan. <laughs> I've always been terrible <laughs> okay. at like, what are you going to do in five to ten years? Because um, for me, I've always wanted to just work someplace where I am happy and where I'm helping people. And I think as I'm majoring in communications with a focus in public relations, so that's kind of really a broad a broad major so you could go anywhere from entertainment to nonprofit work and for me for this internship I honestly ugh, I just Cindy is helping me grow as a person and learning like professionalism and when to step away because I am like everybody in this community is a big passionate family and like a big passionate family yeah. sometimes we bicker and, you know, it's just learning to step away. And I'm definitely wanting to learn just how can I help? You know, where am I the most effective and where can I bring more community in, in any other, you know, any other organization or this organization? What am I talking about? I'm stuck here. <laughs> so you get put on the spot being... Go ahead, I, was, I just wanted to say that that's the... The, a good point about like just the stepping back sometimes it's you know people come people dump sometimes at us right because we're in that position uh, and I say we because now mm -hmm. Nat gets to read my community email <laughs> so we get to read that and respond to people and try and turn something that's maybe they're frustrated or um you know, they, they need information and you feel like they should already have it or uh, they're expecting something out of you that we're not going to be able to provide or, you know, I mean, it's a whole host of things like that. And there's only so much of us to go around. And, um, and so, you know, just learning that uh, stepping away sometimes helps you be able to respond to people in a more professional way. Uh, manner right Nat yeah it's, it's hard it is sometimes uh so that's good that's awesome I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot Nat and ask you to tell us something about Nana that we might not know if we were active you active oh. on the community calls something awesome about Nana I mean that's that is really really unfair <laughs> um <laughs> honestly I think Okay, no, you guys know that too. Wow. Um, I just, I don't, uh, okay, probably something that people might know and but they don't get to see very often is how honest how much she loves the community because I will tell you, I will be calling her or she'll call me at like 9.30 and she's like, are you asleep? And I'm like, no, not, not anymore. And she's like, great, <laughs> let's talk about this. And honestly, I love that passion and people get to see that, but I, I just don't think people like it. I am always in awe because I am a person who like needs to recharge from inter social interactions and she's just constantly going. And it's one of the things I really love about her because it's, it's what brought this community and it's what continues to drive this community forward and making, you know, Phil in his rocking chair come to our, 
morning coffee socials every day and when love fell yeah you know and when people do not make it to the coffee socials myself included we say we don't feel like our day is complete and that's because of her nice so you brought your bestie self-described uh self-proclaimed yeah. bestie with you cindy yeah introduce mika so she's more than a bestie i mean she is my bestie for sure so we've been besties for uh about 20 years yeah um so this is mika white and mika lives in the state of washington but not always and uh and yeah she has been right there she was my really my first volunteer with the community because she was just somebody I knew I could count on and who I trusted and uh, took on the, she was the first one to step up and say, I'd like to do a coffee social also. And so she took on Mondays. Uh, now we have, I was doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. She took on Mondays and eventually we now have seven days a week. Uh and she's really been helping me a lot with Zoom training and just, uh, yeah, she helps me open open rooms and she's helped me in pinches <laughs> when there's, there's been times where I'm supposed to be in three places at once. And, you know, I mean, I'm good, but <laughs> not that good. <laughs> so anyway, um, Mika. Sweetie, if you were that good, ACB would making be making all kinds of money on talk show appearances. <laughs> Seriously, you know, <laughs> holy night. Anyway, so hi, hi, Mika. Welcome to Sunday Edition. Thank you for coming. I'm Mika? glad to be here. Uh, oh, great. So, same deal. Tell us, uh, tell us your story. Um, how you and Cindy met. How you came to ACB. Where you're from. Take it away. <laughs> Okay, so I am originally from Georgia, um, and I met Cindy online um, on the, on a community called Audio Tips. And See, it started with a community. It and did. It was like this, wasn't it? It was like yes. kind of like this. Um, not quite as organized. Kind of like this with different topics. Yes, that was great. And and just incredible people. And um, and then Cindy said, if I ever needed a change in my life, that I could come and move out with her and move into her house and so I did I don't think my mom really believed that that was going to be a thing that would happen but um, I ended up moving and I basically said hey mom I'm going to go live with my friend in Washington it's 3,000 miles away and I don't think she really believed me until the day before I was leaving <laughs> so <laughs> um, so but um, that's how we met. I, I lived with her for nine months, and she still loves me. Um, <laughs> and True. and we just, you know, I've got involved with the Washington Council of the Blind and have served on different roles there. Um, but when, when COVID hit... Um, I was I was put on standby employment with my job, which meant that essentially I was furloughed, and which meant that I had a whole lot of extra time on my hands. And um, I just I told Cindy mentioned these community the community call that she was going to start one, and so I just was like, okay, I didn't know anything about Zoom. I knew nothing about Zoom really. I just um, we used it for like one podcast that I was a part of, but I really didn't know the ins and outs or the workings of it. Um, and 
just we learned real fast. Um, and I even just think back on some of the older coffee calls, <laughs> coffee socials, where at the beginning we were just so happy to be connecting with people that it was just like, yeah, you can all leave your microphones open and, you know, call out your name or we all were just kind of talking over each other. Um, <laughs> but but we have, as the community has grown, so have, you know, um, so have different things that we've implemented. And um, when Cindy moved to Minneapolis, I was really, really very happy for her. A little sad for me, but happy for her. Um, and my fact that maybe a lot of people don't know about Cindy is that she used to make me lunch every day at work because we used to work together. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, tuna sandwiches with love, right? That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> I didn't need new, uh, and and when she left for her new job, people would come up to me and they'd say, "Oh, you must really be starving right now." But <laughs> but I noticed that they didn't bring food. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, so we're going to circle back and talk some about the training and stuff, but let's, uh, Cindy, introduce Kayla. Sure. So Kayla Allen. Kayla is somebody I met because of the community. Uh, another one of our community members, Melanie, had a desire to start a crafty chat. And so it was going to be her thing. And she reached out to Kayla, I believe. That's how it came about. So Kayla can share this. Um, and it was uh, just going to be twice a month. And uh, I'm going to let Kayla tell more of that story. But Kayla's a, a, a younger a younger mom of two. Yeah. Yep. And um, yep. lives in Arizona. And uh, just, and, and also you joined after being part of the community, right? Correct. Yes. So, so I came uh, yeah. to my first community call in May. I'd say mid-May. I don't remember all everything just this smushed together from when my kids got sent home in March. Um, and it was Mika's Coffee Social was my first call. And I was super nervous, and I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> but I did because everybody mm -hmm. else was. Um, and then I, I think it was like the last week of May, Melanie came to me. And she's like, hey, um, because we knew each other. She's actually the one who recommended me to come to the social, the coffee social. And we were previously knew each other from some other places and we're both crafters. So she reached out to me and asked if I wanted to help host a crafty chat twice a month. So June 7th was our first crafty chat. And during that meeting, it was made very clear that they did not want to just chat, that they wanted to participate and they wanted to do crafts. And um, prior to December, for four years, I volunteered at our local um, school for the blind, and I taught general craft class, um, loom knitting, as well as a crochet class. And that ended in December due to funding. So um, it just, it kind of just all fell into place. Um, the only word I have for this group is it's just so organic. Like, it has been... Just everything falls into place. Yeah. Um, like I said, we went from, we started June 7th was our first chat. I taught an origami class two weeks later. They wanted more. <laughs> they 
That was not, it was too far away. Yeah. We started a Facebook group. We have over 200 members in our Facebook group right now. Um, That's awesome. We, um, I got emails, hey, could you please record these? I can't come during that time. I have a new baby, um, different things like that. So then we started, um, Mika started getting us the audio files and we started putting a podcast together and our podcast has been viewed over 600 times. Nice. So, yeah. And so and talk about Kayla, what you guys are now, you guys are not just doing two Sundays a month. What are you guys doing no. every Sunday? And starting after convention, we have had a, um, a chat every single Sunday. We went from an hour to an hour and a half because we just didn't have enough time. I have uh, every Sunday through now and the end of the year book, I have a couple in January and a couple in February already scheduled. Um, we also provide on like ongoing classes. Um, our first one was loom knitting. Um, a friend of mine, Courtney, who is an amazing teacher, she volunteered to start a loom knitting class. Um, so they've been meeting since the beginning or middle, mid to end of June. And um, I saw a post on the community um, Facebook group today that just made my heart swell. Um, one of the girls who couldn't make it to the classes listened to the podcast and made a hat and posted on the community oh, Facebook Oh, that's group. awesome. Oh. It, it so is it's that. a cute hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. It just makes me like almost tear up. Um, Cindy asked us to write a, 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 a uh, article for ACB Voices. So I reached out to the community um, just to get ideas and quotes and how it's impacted them. And I just sat there and cried. It was the things people say are so sweet. Um, I hear all the time, especially when I was working at the school. I can't do that anymore because I'm blind. And that makes Mm -hmm. me cringe. I hate that anyone feels that way for any reason especially when it comes to crafting because crafting brings so many people joy and for them just to be like, no, I'm blind now. I can't do that. It just breaks my heart. So I'm like, okay, let's figure out a way to, to get you to do that again. So, um, we added, I met with Jeannie. She wanted to teach a knitting class, but she's never taught anyone before. So, um, I got on the phone with her and I had her teach me how to do it. So I can knit now. I could not do that three months ago. Um, and her and her friend Jane, they teach a knitting class twice a month. Um, and then this Tuesday, I start my first crochet class. So we'll have nice. loom knitting, knitting, and a crochet class that are meet twice a month each. And and these so, are classes that are two hours long. Um, yeah. The the knitting is uh, they they piggyback on each other. The loom knitting and needle knitting, and they're on Thursday afternoons and. And then crochet is going to be on Tuesday afternoons. And then they still do the crafty chat and they're doing soap today. And it's, it's yeah. organic is a, a beautiful word. Well, uh, and, and like the girl who's doing the soap making class, she's someone I already knew. Like we used to go to craft stores together. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, someone asked about soap making. Would you like to, to teach a class? And she's like, yes, I would love to. So it's just networking. A lot of it is networking. Honestly, I think I've taught three or four of the classes. Everything else has been taught by people in this community. 
volunteering or through Facebook. I see they have an interest in something and I'll try to reach out to someone I know or ask around to see if I can find someone who knows how to teach that. So I've probably learned more from them than they have from me. So I know um, you said you're going to be working on an article for the blog, ECB Voices. We are definitely looking forward to that. I've seen um, at least two, and I wish that I could say that I can memorize or, or ref- refer back to every posting on the community page but um that would be that would be a feat for superman i think but (laughs) um i've seen two postings that i can remember of of parents talking about crafting with their kids so i think that's you're also hitting an audience where you know there's not covid is covid is is, shut the world down for everyone including our kids and it must it must feel good to 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 read the postings like that. Um, is there any plans to tailor something specifically for kids out of the group? Honestly, I haven't necessarily thought of that, but I would absolutely love to. If an opportunity, and maybe that's something we can talk about later, but let's I pair you let's pair you up mama. with the ACB families and see yeah. if you guys can do something together. That'd be amazing. I yeah, mean, being be a mom myself and crafting with my own kids. I mean, um, my daughter, she loves to craft. That's what we do together. And then I find activities to teach other people. That's how I do it most of the time. Is how I can you tell us about your family? Yeah. So um, I've been married just over fourteen years. Um, I have a daughter. Thank you. Um, my daughter Jordan is twelve years old, and she just started junior high this year online. So that's been interesting. And then my son Jonah is ten years old, and. Um, when he was in kindergarten, I made him a panda hat. He loves pandas. I crocheted him a panda hat. And he is on version three now. And he has not gone a day without wearing one since the day I first made him one. Wow. So he is my best Aww. advertising. <laughs> so That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's super cool. Um, both my parents were artists in their own way. So I kind of, I mean, when I was five, I was building Barbie houses. Rather than out of, you know, my dad gave me a saw and nails and said, here's some wood, go to town. And I would build my own Barbie houses. And then a family friend taught me how to make pine needle baskets. And so I've always had a love of crafting and it's always been a part of my life. So, um, and I have a background in teaching a little bit. So this just, this is me. I found my home. Well, we're lucky, very, very lucky as a community, as an organization, as a family to have you. So thank you so much for all the great stuff you're doing. And let's roundtable it up now. So, Cindy? Yeah, I want to actually throw something out there because listening to Kayla and her story, I, I mean, her story is amazing and wonderful. And it's one of many. And I think that that's the beauty of what is happening. And organic is true. Like this, if we had sat down in January and said, let's build this community, we would have never even imagined what it is today. Uh, Could not have ever thought this up. Uh, You know, it's like we, it's almost like a wildfire. (laughs) It's You know, um, it it is felt that way because, you know, you kind of want to contain it a little bit just to 
catch up with it and get a hold of it and uh, be able to work it better and be able to provide what you need to provide to the community. We've had to put processes in place so that, you know, to schedule hosts and streamers. We're working, I'm working with Debbie for, you know, what's the best way so that we can make sure we're scheduling streamers for the events that need streaming and, um, and, finding ways to reach out to all the people that are interested in actually facilitating uh, calls. So we've had to come up with processes for that. And just we're talking earlier, just before this show about, you know, we've been doing some Zoom host training that's uh, more like behind this behind the scenes of being a Zoom host and kind of demoing that. Mika's been helping me with that. We did that this week. A couple of them, we'll do one next Saturday as well. And we're going to do a behind the scenes with webinar. So trying to give, you know, exposure to, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But but there's so much, so much more that uh, is happening here. And we never could have, we never could have planned for this. I, I don't think so. Anyway, um, it might have been nice if we had had something started though of a plan and we had nothing. So when we went into this, there was no processes in place. And I mean, I didn't know Zoom either. <laughs> and next thing I knew, I was having to learn how to host and I was having to teach people how to host. And But it, it wasn't because, you know, that was something we planned for. We did not. Um, and, and I just think, man, all these amazing people that have stepped up. I have about 20 hosts currently, and we have about 20 to 25 people waiting in the wings to be trained. And, um, and how all of this has played out. Think about convention. Uh, the community calls really helped us in some way prepare, all of us, prepare for convention. Absolutely right? People were getting used to being on calls. So they were learning how to mute and unmute and raise hands and, and streamers were learning to stream and hosts were learning to host webinars. And, you know, I mean, there was still way more of, of convention than that. But if we had not been doing these community calls, I think convention would have looked very differently um, from, you know, all of the, those who attended. And, and I will say that I think it might have even had less people because I think people joined and wanted to go and Uh register because they had been involved in the community and they already knew they could, right? That's what holds people back is, you know, they they still call in on their phone because they, and they even have a computer and they still use their phone. And that's what, Mika, maybe you could talk a little bit about your Zoom on Zoom calls that you're doing because I think that's really yeah, you know, I was just really people. noticing that people were getting, you know, they they were on their phones and it seemed like they were just really intimidated by using by using Zoom and I just think a lot of times what happens is that if you don't know a thing and you don't know that it'll work for you if you haven't tried it, then it can seem really intimidating and and worrisome. And so I just wanted to take the I just wanted to kind of take the fear factor out of using Zoom and I explain I have written down an outline where I explain like what Zoom looks like and on the PC and on the um, and on the iPhone in particular and we go through Zoom we go through the tabs together and um, each week we've just been building 
like building blocks, you know, just building on that foundation. And it just feels really great um, because I, I really, I guess I really seem to enjoy teaching people. So that's really fun for me. And, um, and, you know, people are coming to me and saying that, oh, I can now participate in this chat or in this chat, or I didn't know that I could do this, or I'm, I can participate in this, like in my Bible study and my women's yes. Bible group now because of this. And so it, it just feels really great that people are gaining confidence in, in using a program that I didn't really have a whole lot of confidence in using in the beginning. And the numbers yeah. that, that yeah. she gets at that, they're, they're like They've 60, crazy. 70, 90 people at four in the afternoon, Eastern time on a Monday. And yeah. that's the kind of numbers we're getting. And the other, you know, we did these, um, Mika and I do, it's playtime on Friday nights and it's a lot of fun and it's evolved. When we started back in April, probably, we were getting eight to 12 people on a call. Uh, we now have, we average over 50 on our call. And, but in those early days, we talked about apps and, and then what was born out of that was gaming labs. And we did gaming labs for five weeks uh, through the month of May and the first week of June, maybe it was six weeks. Um, and because of that, again, like all this stuff that just falls into place, we, we don't know why or what or how it happens, but we had a, a, a gentleman who is an, a certified Apple teacher got wind of, a, you know, that we were looking for people to help with gaming labs, reached out. He did help with a gaming lab, but he also said, I'd be willing to, you know, do these classes. And um, and he's done now, I think, 18 of them. Uh, uh, and Fridays at, at 3 p.m. Eastern, and Mika's usually there uh, hosting those calls. And I, some of the topics, what, are, what has he covered, Mika? Uh, he's covered, yeah. oh my gosh, he's covered like how to be more secure on your iPhone. He's covered the Notes app, grocery shopping, cutting uh, the cord. Just so, oh my gosh, just so many Apple things. Apple Pay, and just this which came in handy for you. I love cutting the cord. Yep. Yeah. And then even like just this last week, he talked about, um, he discussed like, you know, what it's like to, what kind of programs can you use that are accessible to help supplement education for your kids? <laughs> and he had yeah, his daughter on really, there. Yeah, really, really important. <laughs> um, so, so, and then, yeah, go on. We spoke about... No, I was going to say, we spoke about education and, yeah. you know, we, there's so many, please guys, everybody, guys, gals, everyone check out the listing every week. Da uh, Cindy sings them out daily as well. Um, but I want, I want to touch on two other areas if we can. And the first one being your social connection. Um, I was so happy and impressed to see programs, uh, community calls surrounding cancer, surviving and, and living with. Um, there was, there are calls, um, for 12 step yep. and, and there are just the open coffee chats, which are amazing. Let's talk about the social aspect of it for a few minutes, because I think it's really important to highlight just how much the family, and I'm going to use the word, the family has grown and, and really come yeah. together because of these calls. When we started social coffee socials, we were 25 to 30 people on those calls. Most of them now have 30 to 50 people on the calls. Uh, depends on the day of the week. Weekdays tend to get more people. Uh, and then we have uh, widows and widowers. That was, again, another community member stepped up. 
And Roger said, you know, I'd like to do this call. And so um, we got the Widows and Widowers call going, and that's every Wednesday. And then Sarah Conrad said, I'd be willing to do a cancer support. So then she does that twice a month. And then another person stepped up and said, I'd like to do a 12-step for people that can't get to their uh, programs. And so uh, we sobriety first is every Thursday. And then uh, there's somebody that does a mid midlife mingle um, intended for for people, you know, in that mid mid age range, and then uh, then there's uh, uh, another visibilities. senior visibi- visibilities, which is for seniors that Terry Pacheco is doing on Thursday nights, and um, and she's bringing different uh, you know topics to that. We just a couple weeks ago started. Uh, Blind Health and Beauty, and that's going to be twice a month again, every other Friday. Uh, we have a, a, a person that, you know, came to our convention and was in one of the presentations from Ivy and uh, said what she does, and I reached out to her, and she reached back out to me, and she's doing that for us. Uh, there's a gentleman that just stepped up and is going to do a, a call. I'm not sure if it's going to be weekly or biweekly, but it's called the man cave and it's where men can get together and just talk about men's issues and um and then uh, sheila uh started doing a call for um uh, moving on from divorce and uh so people have just oh and there's a caregivers group on saturdays that linda yaks is doing um and we have several people in our community who have spouses or loved ones that they either care for or that are in a caregiving a care facility where they've been separated from them and you know so we hear about that they share with us in these community calls and we've learned about you know that's quite a struggle and a challenge for them and they get to come and be with us because otherwise they'd be alone, right? And and so, uh, you know, I mean, and then we've got the um, tips and tricks for around the house that Elizabeth does, which is, is kind of like that IL, independent living, uh, you know, call. So people can feel safe to ask questions about how do I do this and not feel judged. And... Um, and there's probably more I'm not thinking of. And then, and then all these special interest affiliates that have been, you know, holding events, uh, some on a regular basis, some once a month, some, every, you know, twice a month, some weekly, some daily, like bits. Um, so, uh, you know, ACB Families is on the schedule this week. Bits, uh, of course, BPI, uh, ACB Diabetics in Action. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other special interest affiliates. And then we've got, of course, you know, some of the social events that are being held by some of our state affiliates, uh, Oregon, Missouri, uh, uh, Mountain State is now doing a call every other Tuesday night. Um, CCLVI. Oh, CCLVI just started. Thank you. A coffee social on Fridays. Uh, There's a chapter in California, a capital city chapter that does something on is it Tuesdays? Tuesday and Friday. Thursdays or Tuesdays? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's read your schedule. <laughs> yeah, read your schedule. Yeah. Read your schedule. You'll see it. Cindy, I want to make a quick point though, if, I, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, that, that 
a lot of these calls that she mentioned, a lot of the social calls um, with all of these different topics, all of that came from people's ideas and people being willing to facilitate those calls. So if you like have a burning idea, you know, if you bring Mm -hmm. it, they're going to come. And even if you, you know, if you come and you facilitate it, it, it's going to come together. So if you we're want to see together, something, yeah, yeah, we're all learning together. And if you want to see something, you know, or be or or have a topic or something, you know, just email email Cindy and just be willing to step up and say, okay, I'll do it. So that's what I wanted to say to that. And we and we well, provide the Zoom you. hosts and we schedule and it's pretty practically painless. And if once it's on the schedule, um, you know, people step up. I mean, Braille Revival League, um, they had they they. They they took down a room uh, last week or a week and a half ago. Um, I mean, they filled it to capacity and people couldn't get in. And that's what these calls are doing. A membership committee has been bringing calls onto, you know, we've been putting them on the community call. I, I saw Board of Publications post a day before. So that next day I put it on the schedule because it said that community could ask questions. They had probably more than they normally have at their Board of Publications meeting. And that's what happens when we start sharing it uh, in, in these community calls. And we have somebody that stepped up and shares what's on the schedule on on the Facebook group um, as well. And that was somebody just stepped up and said, I'd be willing to do this. And, you know, speaking, I'm, I'm a member of a couple of different affiliates, you know, speaking from BPI and guide dog users, you know, specifically our membership has, has grown because of, because of these calls and because of reaching out. Mm -hmm. So, Let's talk about that for a minute because I think it's important. You know, we have two two ladies on this call right at this moment who came to ACB because of all of this. So you don't have to be an ACB member or an affiliate member or no. uh, or even you don't even have to be lower no vision to participate, which I think is great. But you can join the community in a couple of different ways, Cindy. If you can uh, sure. let us, we don't ask. When people join a call, we never ask them, are you a member? That's not required, so for sure. And we welcome everyone. And I think we do a really good job at trying to make everyone feel welcome. Um, If you go to acb.org and there's a join ACB, there's two ways that you can become involved at large. That's outside of an affiliate. Um, you could become a member at large or you, if membership is not quite what you're ready for, you could become a friend of ACB and that puts you at least on our mailing list so that you receive electronically our Braille Forum and eForum and uh, the uh, dots and dashes that are sent out on Fridays so that you're in the loop. Uh, so that's those those are two ways that you can get involved on a national level but membership in acb is kind of at three levels there's acb national so you become a member at large you can become a member of an affiliate either as a member at large or of one of our special interest affiliates Um, and so then you're a member of that affiliate and a member of acb and then you have the uh member of a chapter so if you're a member of a chapter then you're a member of that chapter and the affiliate it is in 
and of ACB. So anytime you join any of those layers, you are automatically a member of ACB as well. And I think that sometimes that gets a little confusing for people. Uh, but yeah, and if and on our website, there are, uh, if you click on affiliates, then you can find the affiliate near you. You can also always reach out to us. And Nat, you want to share the email address that people can email us at if they have any questions about membership or community. Okay, no problem. So if you guys, um, I am just used to giving this spiel. I'm sorry. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us, you could definitely send an email to community at acb.org. And Cindy and I will definitely see those emails and get back to you and make sure you get connected. Yes. Um, and the, the other thing that I was going to mention, we didn't really get a chance to talk about much is the posse. And I just wanted to say that back in October, uh, created the POSSE, which stands for Providing Outreach Through Sharing Support and Engagement. And it's a group of ladies that are just so willing to give of their time and make phone calls. And it's not just for ladies. Um, you know, I certainly would welcome the right person, whether they're whatever their gender, to be a part of the POSSE. Uh, but it does require people to be able to use spread spreadsheets, make phone calls, and be able to document those calls. And um, so that it's not just, you know, a phone call. Like you're actually working from a spreadsheet putting information in a spreadsheet. Um, but uh, these ladies have, you know, called many, many of our members or potential members, people who've expressed interest in joining. They're also calling people who do join as members at large or want to become friends or have become friends of ACB and welcoming them and thanking them for being a part of us. So it's just all about, I mean, really the bottom line with all of this community, the, you know, what the posse is doing, membership, uh, really a key component is connection. So that's, we're just always trying to find ways to connect. And so, you know, if you're out there listening now and there's someone in the community that hasn't had some outreach or that is still struggling, please point them in the direction of the community calls, of the posse. I'd like to also highlight, uh, I would love to highlight every single staff member for what they do, but I want to highlight Sharon and Kelly, Sharon Lovering and Kelly Gass. Sharon, of course, um, is wonderful with the Borero Forum and wears a million different hats. Uh, Kelly has been instrumental with the Facebook page, uh, the community page, and the blog. But there's also another interesting project that ACB partnered with uh, a service out there. Cindy, you want to tell yeah, us a little bit? Yeah, Be My Eyes. Um, yeah. We joined that platform back in uh, April. Uh, kind of did a soft launch. And uh, we're only working three hours uh, a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And a couple weeks ago, we changed that, bumped it up to five hours a day. The goal for me is that we will up that even more hours by the end of the year. Uh it's been staff members answering those calls that come in through the BP, B, Be My Eyes app. And Claire, and, I'm sorry, Clara Stanley as well. Claire, Claire uh, Nancy, Christine in the Minneapolis office, Kelly and myself are the staff members that respond to the Be My Eyes calls. And then uh, we have two people in the community, Lynn 
Coates and Lucy Edmonds. And Nat will soon be doing them as well um, and looking for more people to help us with that as well. So um, there's always, I mean, the volunteers that we have now just uh, keeps growing in all aspects of technology. So um, anyway, it's it's a great way for us to, uh, you know, reach people, whether they're members or not, um, through the app. People have it on their phone. We are under the special help section and under blindness organizations. And we're the first one you come to. So, yeah. So we have a couple of minutes left. Um, Let's have some fun. Tell me about the funniest or strangest experience you've had on a community call. We'll start with Cindy and go down the line. Okay. Well, the funniest would be um, the newlywed game. And mm. my friend Wendy and I have been doing game stuff on Saturday nights. We call it Saturday Night Live. And uh, so after convention, I asked uh, some kind of key leadership couples in the organization, our president, Dan and his wife, our executive director, Eric and his wife, and immediate past president, Kim and her husband, to come on. And it was hilarious. And if you have not heard it, it is a podcast. It's 90 minutes. You need to listen and you will be thoroughly entertained. But I left that call with my cheeks hurting, tears, literally, I, I, they weren't just water in the eyes. I, on my face um i just laughed so hard and just appreciated their willingness to uh you know be uh, take part and really be so open and fun uh on that call so yeah mika tell us about your book calls and uh your funniest experience so my funniest experience, um, I would have to say, is we just have so many laughs on its playtime. Like I, I don't even know that I can really even narrow it, narrow it down. You know, just this past Friday night, we did trivia calls and our trivia contest, and um, and between and between judy and david um they they had those music answers down and we and we all had some great laughs um and the book call that i do is called bookability which um it's called bookability a celebration of books and reading that i do with my roommate shannon who's also um a zoom host and part of the community and we just talk a lot about um books and a lot about different authors and today we'll be talking all about goodreads so we it started out as a call um like a book chat roundtable, and then it just morphed into the book show that i've always wanted to do um so it happens on sundays at 4 eastern 4 p.m eastern on mainstream awesome on mainstream and it's it's live and fun I love to read. So I was so happy when I saw this coming to fruition. And then when it came to ACB radio, it was great. Um, how about you, Kayla? Oh my gosh. There's so many great moments. I, I don't even know. Um, one of my favorites would be, um, it was during one of the loom knitting classes. It was probably the second or third one. And they were taking their looms off the, off. they're taking the hats off the loom. And they're like, Oh, like, just the amazement you hear in people's voices when they complete something they weren't once they when they started they weren't so sure 
where it was going to end up. But when they have that success moment, and that's happened in almost every class, that there's at least a few people who do that. And they're just like, just the awe you get from them and the excitement, like you feel like you're in the room with the, with them. It's just radiating off of them. So, and the, the funniest, I don't know, that one's hard because there's, like I said, there's just been so many good moments, like in all of the different um, community calls I've gotten to enjoy. And Nat, our newest intern and awesome, awesome, awesome person. Nat, how about you? Oh, um, okay, I'm going to tell this story. So um, as part of convention, we got to sign up for like different sessions that we wanted to do. And I said, sure, I will take the um, non-denominational church service. And I did not know that when it said 10, it literally meant 7 Pacific. And I was like, okay, I, I got this. I got this. I can do it. And then I saw that it was being led by Reverend Michael Garrett. He's part of ACB. And I panicked because I was like, how do I refer to him? Do I call him Michael? Do I call him Reverend Garrett? Do I call it like, I was just like, <laughs> I do not know how to press him. And then in a panic, I reached out to my friends who are also the Zoom hosts. And I'm like, should I call him Rev Mikey G? Like, is that what I'm going to call him? I, like, I, I it, honestly, and he was just so down to earth and so polite. And I never told him that story. And now everybody knows that I call him Rev Mikey G. <laughs> that is awesome. So, Nat, you tell us about the community page, where to find it. Cindy, you tell us, again, the email addresses and stuff. Okay, sure. So if you want to become part of the ACB community Facebook group, it is a public group that um, Cindy includes it at the end of every daily email. If you get that, it's also definitely in the, I'm pretty sure it's in the weekly schedule email that um, gets sent out. It every is. Week. And if you're, if you just want to go to Facebook and go search ACB community, we're that public group with over 1000 members. So you can just feel free to join and have fun. Cindy, the email and phone numbers that you want to put out there? Sure. My direct line is 612-345-9036. That's Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central. 612-345-9036. If you are not receiving the daily schedule, you should be. And so you can... Probably the easiest way is just to email us at community at acb.org and let us know you want to be subscribed and we'll subscribe you. You don't receive a lot of email. It's an announce only list. You'll receive an email from me in the morning, every morning except for Sundays, because I send out a weekend uh, email for Saturdays. Otherwise, it's a daily email each morning. And then I send out a weekly schedule. And I really loved that I was late on getting it out yesterday and people were wanting to know where it was. And that made my heart happy. Um, but I did get it out last night for today through Saturday. So uh, we will work on getting that out earlier this next week. And uh, but really, if you're not receiving it, don't depend on an email list that you're on. Join the email list and be among those that are getting up to date information. If there's a cancellation, I'll post it there. It's really important to just be on that list and uh, certainly invite a friend to come on to one of our community calls. We'd love to have them. 
And if an affiliate or member has an idea, they can use those that email they or can. that phone number yes. as well. Absolutely. Community. I mean, my email address is C Hollis, H-O-L-L-I-S, or as Jaws says it, Chalice at ACB.org. <laughs> uh, but you can either email me there or at community. Either one, I get them. So, uh, you know, that'll be great. If you have ideas, you want to bring uh, an event to the schedule, uh, we'd love to have it. Um, you, we'd love to have you be part of uh, the community. So yeah, just reach out. We'll get back to you and let you know what you need to do and answer any of your questions. So Cindy, Mika, Nat, and Kayla, thank you so much for coming on to Sunday edition and sharing all of this with us. Hopefully you will all be back again sometime soon. Have a great rest of your day and uh, have a great four o'clock book call. <laughs> all right. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. So there is going to be no promo this week. I am going to go straight into my next segment in the spotlight. I have asked, and it's really funny that um, Nat spoke about Reverend. Uh, I invited Peggy and her crew to talk about and celebrate the success of the Texas convention. Welcome, Peggy. And who'd you bring with you? Thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much for inviting us this afternoon. And I have with me, I am president of ACB of Texas, and I have with me First Vice President Michael Garrett, uh, immediate past president Kenneth Simeon Sr., and our treasurer and all over the place person, Sheila Derrick, uh, who basically did our registration information for us. So we're glad to be with you this afternoon. Thank you so much. And, you know, my listeners would kick me if I don't ask this question. Um, would you have been OK with Revy Mikey G? <laughs> me or Michael? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Michael? Well, let's see. can you hear me? We can. Yes. <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's ironic. I was really cracking up when she when she said that. Uh, I have some some friends in Austin, all my beatball guys, and uh, some of some of them, some of the guys on the Austin team call me Mikey G. <laughs> 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 so that goes back a long ways. But 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 so it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been an oddity. I, I've I've heard that before. <laughs> but it was it was just funny to hear her say that. That was I was I was really cracking up. <laughs> Well, that's one of my goals with Sunday edition to get everybody to have a good time and to feel like we're part of a family. So thank you so much. Um, Peggy, tell us, uh, tell us the uh, rundown of what the schedule was. I know that uh, it's being podcasted. So if anybody wants to go and access some of this stuff, it should be available shortly. What were the highlights of the, uh, of, of your state affiliate convention? Oh gosh. Um, we we had a we tried to have a variety of things so that everybody would have something that they really would look forward to. Uh, we had, of course, some advocacy an advocacy program. We always have a leadership uh, seminar that I thought was just fabulous this year. We had some really good folks uh, who really put put that together. And I think for those of uh, of you who listen to it, I'd like to get some feedback from you because from my end so far, I've heard nothing but good things, but I thought that really went well. 
Um, and then, of course, we we had our BRLT update from uh, BR, uh, Burger Revival League of Texas, our library user session, which is basically an update uh, where we learn about what's going on both at the National Library Services as well as the talking book section here in, in Texas. We had our God Dog Users program, which was wonderful. They did a session on God Lamps, which is talking about keeping uh, your guide dog's eyes healthy. And I thought that was really different because I've never heard a session like that before, but we had an eye, a veterinarian eye uh, ophthalmologist, I was trying to think of the right word, but ophthalmologist who, who talked about eye health for your guide dog. Um, and then we had some fun things. We had uh, uh, Keeping Up with the Jetsons, and that was a session that talked about the Instant Pot as as well as the Roomba vacuum, um, and that was a lot of fun. And for highlights, we actually had our president, uh, Dan Spoon. We had Eric Bridges, uh, Clark Ratchville, and Claire Stanley on to talk about what's going on at ACB. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people who tuned into that session uh, and they had the opportunity to call and ask questions and actually speak with our leadership. So that was really good. And we had some other some other sessions too, but those were the ones that stand out in my mind as, as being really, really good. Oh, I can't leave out adjusting to blindness. I'm sorry. That one is one that everybody has raved about. Uh, we did a session on Saturday afternoon that was called adjusting to blindness. And we yeah. had people on there who were absolutely wonderful, who shared what they went through as children all the way up to current. And most of them lost sight at various points of their lives. So it, it was that was a really good one, too. Michael, what stood out for you? Well, you know, the the. I think I'll piggyback on what Peggy said about the adjusting to blindness. That was a that was a great session, uh, especially two of those ladies I know <laughs> and have known for years, uh, and and so I was able to have a little fun with them. But uh, that was a very deep uh, session, and I think some people came away saying that they needed to, we need to keep that conversation going because it is an ongoing process in terms of adjusting to blindness. If you, mm -hmm. if you've had any vision and you lose yes. it, regardless of, regardless of how much you've had or didn't have, there is an adjustment and it, it, it takes a toll on you emotionally. Uh, and you do have to make some, some, sometimes it makes some really big life changes. It, it does affect you. Well, paging Cindy Hollis and Debbie Hazelton, Jason, you're on listening right now. I think that this is a, a call slash show that should happen. Absolutely. Um, Peggy, who was the convention coordinator? That would be me. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I was actually the conference coordinator for several years prior to becoming first VP. Well, actually, my first year as first VP, I was still conference coordinator. But the way we're set up now is that the um, president is actually the conference coordinator. So, so a lot when of work, you but a lot of fun. When you heard that uh, states like California and Florida were doing it, did you know immediately you were going to go virtual? What's, what was the process like for Texas? We, we talked about it. Uh, we kind of did a survey from all of our chapters 
and got a feel for where people were and if they would be comfortable to actually attend a face-to-face. And we didn't make the decision to go virtual until May. Uh, We pushed it out as long as we could and decided that it would not be in the best interest of our members or any of the attendees, our vendors, to do a face-to-face. So we ended up making that decision around the end of May and then make that big switch from all of the things that we plan face-to-face to, to switch those over to how that will work uh, doing it all virtually. What was your biggest obstacle or hurdle? For me, it was like, we can't do this. How can we do this? We, you know, this, this is like all of a sudden we have everything mapped out and now we have to switch it over. Um, although I was familiar with Zoom, as a as an attendee, but never as actually a panelist or anything like that. So that that was a biggie for me is putting it all together and making it work. And I tell you, there is no way we could have done that without ACB Radio. Debbie Hazelton, uh, Rick Morin, and and uh, Tyson uh, guys. I tell you, it. I mean, they. They were super to work with. They gave us the guidance that we needed, uh, stepped in whenever they needed to, but for the most part, let us make decisions on what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it and just gave us the guidance to make it all work. So it, it was... Uh, it was, there was fear, there was doubt, but you know, once they came in and said, oh, we can do this, and it, it, just, it just started to flow. Awesome. You know, I, I want to segue a little bit. Um, Texas seems to have a very youthful energy in your affiliate. Could you talk a little about that and how it was represented in uh, your conference convention? We have some people in our, in our, in our affiliate Anthony, that will go above and beyond the, whatever it takes to get the job done. They, they will do that. It doesn't matter what their assignments are. They will just step up and, and make things happen. And one of those people is Kenneth Simeon Sr. Uh, Kenneth is immediate past president. He chairs our publicity committee. Uh, he chairs the resolutions and the member morale um, and also the Constitution and bylaws. So he's all over the place anyway, but his energy level, uh, it, it just never ceases to amaze me. Uh, his eye for detail and for getting things done, he is just just awesome and, and, and helping. Um, uh, Sheila, who is our treasurer, and basically our works on the fundraising committee and, and some other committees as well. But she also stepped up and helped in some other areas as well. Michael is kind of my, as first vice president, not only does he get volunteered, he gets volunteered. So he kind of just stepped <laughs> in wherever, and wherever I needed him to, to get things done. Uh, and some other people in the background uh, that, that just did things that really weren't even on the committee, but I could call on them and ask them to assist with, you know, whatever I needed and they would get help to get things done. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's good to know who you can depend on. And it's also good to have people who don't wait to be volunteered or volunteer, but just will step up and say, well, what do you need? Uh, we have an awesome couple who have done our door prizes for the last five or six years, Larry and Linda Lewis. They did an awesome job. They also helped me in the background in some other areas. So we do. We we have a pool of people that we that we can depend on to to get things done. So Kenneth, let's jump to you for a moment. Um I have to ask, 
did you wipe your brow or uh, take a big sigh, a breath of relief and saying that, you know, I am glad I'm not president this year? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I've said that several times since 2018, uh, especially when challenges arise. And uh, I remember uh, the things that I had to go through. I am, I've told Peggy several times, I am so glad I'm not president because I'm willing to help in any way I can. But when you're president, everything really falls on you. Ultimately, you have to get it done uh, if you have to do it yourself or you delegate. So, but uh, it's fun being able to be in the background and know that I can step up and still help when needed. That's, that's pretty darn awesome. What piece of advice did you give Peggy when she was coming in and you were sliding into immediate past president? Well, we actually uh, scheduled a, a call, a transition call, and, and I've supplied her with documents that I created. Like one of them is called Beyond the Duties, because there, there are things that as a president you will be expected to do, but it's not in writing in our bylaws where you have 13, uh, a list of 13 uh, duties that you, you, you're expected to do. Well, because several things were coming up for me, uh, that was not in that list, I just decided to create a document beyond the duties really, really when I became president so I could pat, be prepared to pass that on to the next person. We didn't know who that person may be, but yeah, and that document has so many different things in there. It's, it's, and every time I think of something, I even update that document for future reference. But we actually uh, were able to communicate and, uh, and I gave her some specific things that I thought would happen uh, a number of times that uh, and I can't can't remember exactly good question and now I'm having to think because I, I supplied so much information uh, one of the things that I do know that we have to focus on our image and that's picking out on the same page with that the things that we do we have to think about how it's going to uh, cause us to look in the public eye and so we do all we can to make sure that we put people in place uh, that will help us to do that and uh, so that, that's one thing I, I really think is important and, and Anthony, if I could also uh, interject there that one of the reasons that the transition went so well was because Kenneth always kept me informed over the four years that I was first vice president. Uh, everything that was going on, as, as much as he could, he would keep me uh, informed. He would include me on emails, forward things to me. Um, so it, it was kind of an easy transition because you can't tell anybody everything, but he shared so much till it made it easy. And then when the when the transition actually occurred, uh, you know, as he said, we had actually, I believe we had two calls where he shared key information with me and answered questions that, um, you know, that I had. So it was it was a very smooth transition. Nice. I have um, I have had uh, Next Generation on recently and, and they talked a lot about mentoring, both, um, you know, as the younger set and and a lot of the next gen members are from Texas. And I love that energy. So would one of you step up and talk a little bit about mentoring? Look, Michael, you've been quiet. You want to talk a little bit? <laughs> well, from a mentoring standpoint, we believe in somebody came up uh, with the subject last week about succession planning and that sort of thing. I think in any organization, oh, in fact, it may have been uh, Dan Spoon, our, our, our ACP was. president. Yes. Uh, but in, in any organization, for it to be successful, you do have to have a succession plan and you have to look for 
worthy candidates who will step up in leadership, uh, who who you can talk to, who you can bring along, you know, come along beside me and and see how things are done. Here, here, here are some things that we can do for the success of our organizations. Not only for the, for the success of our organization, but for the success of, or, or the betterment of people who are blind and visually impaired in our state. And, and, and we always have to keep in mind that, you know, you, you're not doing this stuff for yourself. Yes, you, you may benefit as a, as a person who's blind and visually impaired, but if, you, if you're only doing it for yourself, you know, you probably won't be very successful. It's only when you include other people and you, you have a heart for making the life or the lives of people who are blind and visually impaired better all across the state and around you. And that's what, that's what we try to do, and that's what we want to do with our mentoring program is, is, is infuse that kind of enthusiasm and heartfelt uh, uh, love for people. And so we, we try to uh, mentor young folks when we find them, and we're still looking for more, for more good young people. This is Kenneth. I'd like to chime in if I could. Yes, please. please. Okay. Uh, I, I love mentoring, uh, and I'm, I'm honored to say that in Texas, we, you know, we don't have as many younger people as we really could benefit from. So, but I've, I've done a number of things to try to help out in that area. While being president, I came up with the club FLT, that's Future Leaders of Texas. And those were people that were 40 and under at one point, then I've stretched it out to 50 and under uh, that uh, at least age 18 uh, in order to be able to prepare them for leadership. And we had guest speakers to come on and talk to them, professional professionals who are blind or visually impaired to come on and speak to them on various calls and also uh, gave them leadership uh, material and uh, connected them with other uh, groups or uh, organizations that were planning leadership type or career type uh, events. And in addition to that, I'm honored to be able to say that I joined uh, as a member of Next Generation uh, the day they put out that request because Amanda and I had spoken last year at the banquet uh, because she now serves on the DCAM committee of which I'm chair. And so I told her back then I would be willing to help in any way I can. And I want to offer support in any way I can to anyone who can uh, be prepared for future leadership opportunities. And that's that's my main goal. We want to include our members, and I periodically make calls to those folks. We had two young people to speak at our opening session this year, and I made sure I contacted them after they presented, let them know I thought they did a fine job, and we're looking forward to uh, hearing more of them and also encourage them to let me know if there's anything I can do to assist them. And we need to really open our hearts to them and, and consider as people who are some of our older members, we have to welcome those younger people, young, uh, welcome their ideas and understand, although they may think differently from uh, an older adult, we still have to incorporate their ideas, but also say they have an idea that's not really right off the bat, just best. You would want to consider what they said, uh, provided, and then offer support to, uh, can, we, can we do this to enhance that idea? Uh, instead of saying, no, that won't work. We've tried that before, you know. So we want to include them and make sure that they, they know that they matter because it's so important, especially, I say, for us in Texas. I know it happens all over, but we need to continue to build someone up to be prepared to lead behind us because a number of our members are, you know, just re really older 
adults, and we just need to definitely do everything we can to include those folks. What so, Sheila. Oh, God. No, go ahead, go ahead to Sheila. I'm sorry. I was going to say, Sheila, we haven't we haven't heard from you yet. yet. So, first off, welcome to Sunday Edition. Treasure is probably the one job that is the hardest to fill. It is pretty tedious. Um, it can definitely be hair pulling, I'm sure. Tell us a little bit about your role. Um, when I accepted the uh, request to run for treasurer, that was 10 years ago, um, things were a lot easier back then. Uh, since then, uh, the part of the responsibility as treasurer has grown to include uh, working with the conference, primarily in registration, but also working with the fundraising committee, which has quite a, usually quite a number of activities going on at the conference. Um, so I've become more involved with conference on the planning end rather than just on the attendee end. Um, registration this year from switching from virtual, from person to person to virtual really didn't change a whole lot, except that we included more information than we normally do uh, in our registration process. I needed to make sure that we had email addresses for everyone so that our webmaster could get out the invitation information for the Zoom uh, program. Uh, I had to include uh, address information on my spreadsheet, which normally we don't include, but we were going to need to also mail programs out. Um, and I did have a few errors in the addresses. My finger stuttered quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, that, was, that was a change for this year. Not a bad change. It was a good change. But uh, just resetting my mind on what we needed differently from what we normally have in the past. Um, the same thing with our door prizes and our um, auction in that normally all of that is just handled in person. The, the chapters, when they come in and register at, for, at the in-person conference, when they arrive, they just hand over their door prizes and their auction items and they're in person and we don't really worry about it. The, those items go off to uh, lovely Larry and Linda Lewis and they handle it all. And on my end, the only thing I have to do at the end of the auction is collect the money. Um, so this year we had to uh, scramble to follow the ACB uh, guidelines or, or manner uh, and make sure that we could match winners with donors. Um, because many of our auction items were, most of our auction items were purchased after the auction by the donors and shipped directly to the winners. So um, all of that was like, ooh, uh, at the last minute, I need this information. So um, it's been a good learning experience. And the whole virtual conference was wonderful. Uh, I'm not a high-tech person, and I was very afraid when we started with all this that things were not going to go well, 
uh, our people would not uh, join in. And I was utterly amazed, uh, number one, with how extremely professional all of our help from ACB radio was. Um, they just made it run so smoothly and um, just fabulous on their end. Uh, you know, and I also- wanted to ask you about that before you continue. Um, I think from the other conventions and, of course, national, uh, Debbie and Jason, um, I'm sure Jeff, uh, but I know Debbie spearheaded putting together convention coordinators on the ACB radio side. What was that process like? It, you guys worked with Tyson, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I believe, yes? Yes, yeah, and, and I'll jump in there. Um, um, that was wonderful, is, is, is the word that comes to my mind, because I had so many questions going in, um, and I'm not a very techie person. I do what I have to, but, I, you know, like I said, I, I've been on many Zoom calls, but never uh, really planning it the way we were doing. And the leadership, the guidance that they gave us was just, I mean, it just made it flow. Um, they, you know, I've said, okay, I have a question. This may be a dumb question. They go, no question is a dumb one. I'm like, okay, but, and I mean, they were willing to answer all of our questions. Um, they just helped us and, and it would, it would not have happened if it had not been for them, but we had several meetings. We actually had a, a walkthrough, uh, of sorts where we had all of our presenters, uh, all of our panelists actually call in. We did mic checks, equipment checks, just to make sure everybody's equipment was going to sound good. Uh, there were a few adjustments that needed to be done, but they took up all of the time. Uh, they were willing to spend as much time as we needed them to, to make sure that it was going to be a, su- a success. So that that that's what made it happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sheila. I had um, I had wanted to present that before we got away from the subject. What else were you? Did you want to tell us? Oh, I was just again utterly amazed at the numbers of our members that uh, joined. Uh, my, I am a member of a very small chapter, and uh, many with mobility issues as well, and usually. Only two out of our chapter ever go to the in-person conference. And this year, I had six members. that I, now I do not know how many other members may have listened on the radio, but I had six members that actually joined into the sessions, asked questions, had comments, all. Oh, we had a meeting yesterday, and all of them were so pleased and so impressed. And so excited. They say, oh, those people were so nice and we want to go and meet them. And, you know, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do meet in person next year. Uh, two of these members were brand new just before COVID hit. So they had only attended one in-person meeting and they were just so enthused and had s- such a better idea of what it means to be part of a statewide organization and a national organization. So they, you know, I was just so pleased with how our people responded. Uh, One of my first two people that registered are older 
do not have computer skills nor access to computers, and they were ready to go on, you know, to, with using the phone to, to join. Uh, one of them is a little lady that has probably never mess, missed an in-person conference since 1978. Um, and she was one of my first people to register. So uh, I, was, I was pleased with how enthusiastically our members responded. Beautiful. I heard, um, I heard a very beautiful story. I wish I could have participated in the auction. I had other commitments. But I heard a beautiful story about the auction where a bunch of people got together and went in on items to lift someone up. Can, you, can one of you guys tell me that story, tell our listeners the story? Okay, I guess I will. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm doing all the talking. But so um, during the auction, we had these lovely blankets that were uh, items that were that were part of the auction. And it, it started because Debbie wanted to purchase one of the blankets um, which had a kitten and some other uh, uh, things on it uh, for for uh, Rick. And so when she said it, we thought, well, why don't we just all chip in on it? So several of us decided to chip in on it and get the blanket for for Rick. Well, then after that, we decided, well, if Rick is getting one, why don't we give Debbie one? So several of us again went in and chipped in on a blanket for for Rick is uh, for Debbie as well. So it it was you know it was really it impressed our auctioneer so much. It, she just she wrote us and said she just couldn't believe that we've done that and all her years of being an auctioneer she'd never seen anything like that and she just thought we were such a caring and and wonderful group and she just loved working with us. But you know I mean that's just who we are. That that's what we do. We, we're we just, we, that's just who we are. <laughs> okay. But uh, it, it was neat. She was, so impressed. It, uh, she was so impressed that they decided to waive the auction fee that they were going to charge us. You know, they were, she was touched. So, but in addition to what I, uh, the, the blankets, I heard that Rick had lost his, his favorite cat. Uh, so yeah. that's why Debbie proposed that. And that was just really neat that, that uh, we were all be able to participate, participate in giving that to him and her. Yeah, it felt good to give back to them because they'd been so so helpful and so wonderful and patient with us. So it, it was just nice to be able to do that. I I, just, I thought that was such a beautiful story. I wanted to make sure that I highlighted it today on the show. So takeaways: um, you guys had a lot of participation from outside of Texas. What have um, what have you heard and and what have you learned for next year? Well. Um, one of one of the takeaways that I've got, I've got a lot of emails and texts uh, and some phone calls from people. It, it surprised me how many people outside of Texas have just actually mm-hmm. said how much they enjoyed it. So the, the number one takeaway is that we definitely will stream some of our sessions next year. I don't know if we'll do the whole convention, but we definitely will stream some some uh, some of the sessions and we will make sure that the information gets out on the list so that people will know when, you know which the set which sessions the program and all of that. Uh, that was number one takeaway. Uh, I guess the main takeaway was that we could do it, you know, because <laughs> in the beginning it was like, oh my gosh, this is such a challenge. But number one, we we could do it. We did do it uh, with the help of ACB Radio, 
And uh, going forward, that's something I know we will take in into consideration, uh, you know, to make sure that it is available, hopefully on, on the radio, if not all sessions, at least some of them. But it, it was uh, it was an experience. And I, actually, I was I was so caught up in all the stress of all that was going on coming up to it wasn't until a few days before the convention that I was actually able to get excited about it. <laughs> And Ellen, <laughs> most of you probably know that the week coming up to the convention, uh, several of our areas were under a hurricane threat. We were in the yeah. direct line of the hurricane. So here we are trying to uh, do everything virtually, knowing that if we lost power, that was really going to be a, a big issue for us. And uh, so you know, there were a lot of challenges, but everything we got blessed. The, the hurricane uh, <laughs> away from us, and uh, th things just worked out. But it, it was it was really challenging. This is Kenneth. I'd like to say something. I really thought that was a challenge this year for us uh, initially, and that was sponsorships. We really thought we would not get the sponsors because of how we had to do things. And mm -hmm. uh, so, and initially, due to COVID nineteen. They had suspended all of their travel and other things, so we were put on hold about some sponsorships. And so, uh, but I just decided to try anyway with one of our bigger sponsors, and uh, I just thought I could get them. But you, we had to be creative. We come up with different ways that we how we can give something back to them. And mm -hmm. so, uh, I just had to keep contacting them and asking for calls, and so we could talk and not just communicate by email and see how we could work together. Yeah, because we have the Partners for Success initiative uh, to connect them with us and we connect with them to help them in uh, achieving their goals as well. So we ended up getting the majority of our sponsors this year when we thought we would not. So that was a good thing to take away that uh, we should try and, uh, and just persevere through all the challenges we face because you never know the uh, outcome. Michael. And my my. I was going to say my my role basically, you know, even as as serving as first vice president, I was supposed to be there in the president's stead, and in, and and it's just being able to be there as backup and as support. You know, uh, I don't know if people noticed that a lot of the afternoon sessions on Saturday, you know, Peggy wasn't feeling well, so I stepped in and uh, and. And, and tried to you know introduce those sessions and and just so that we could have a seamless uh, flow and because we work together so well, I try to just just like when Kenneth was president and she was first vice president, she shares everything with me, so I have an idea of what things need to need to take place, and so i I can uh, I'm prepared to step in uh, in in her stead. I may not be able to do it as well as she does, but oh, but God. but at least at least I'm there <laughs> to to be a support for her. So so that and, and and I think that's something that every organization needs to have. Got to have somebody no one person can do it all and we we pride ourselves on trying to work as a team, you know, our, our whole leadership, you know, our whole board our conference coordinating committee, uh, we, we try to work as a team and, and, and to support each other. Well, I think um, I think you guys do an amazing job. You put on an amazing convention, and I can't wait to go back and, and look at some of the sessions I didn't get to get to hear, uh, especially the, the, um, 
adjusting to vision. That's something that I would definitely um, get some some really good f- feedback from my own self from. Um, Kenneth, you mentioned a document that you put together. Would you be willing to share that with other affiliates? Sure. Uh, I developed recently developed a helpful hints for planning a virtual uh, convention with uh, the support of ACB Radio. And so I thought these were things that some of these things we, we, we were challenged by. So uh, we made it through and we, we also looked at things that we know we need to improve. So I thought it would be helpful for, to hand this to uh, uh, future affiliates that are going to hold a virtual conference and convention. And it would be some helpful tips for them to begin with. Uh, and uh, it encourages them to work with ACB Radio, giving them tips about how that can be done in the best way. And uh, so many different things. So about 13 bullet points in that document. And we're willing to share that with anyone. Uh, if you want to request the Helpful Hints document for planning a virtual conference with support from ACB Radio, you can send an email to info at acbtexas.org. That's info, I-N-F-O, at acbtexas.org spelled out t-e-x-a-s dot o-r-g awesome so i want to give you guys an opportunity you thanked national you thanked acb radio you thanked each other i want to give you guys an opportunity to thank your members and the you know the members of all of acb that that attended and also any um closing statements you want to make and we'll go backwards this time we'll go sheila uh sheila kenneth michael and peggy sheila uh Oh, I would like to, of course, thank all of the nationwide ACB members that listened and supported us on the auction and used their auction expertise to make it a lot of fun. Uh, our members uh, that were just listening and not participating enjoyed listening to uh, ACB members that they had never had an opportunity to meet uh, yeah. or get to know. And it was a very casual uh, setting. And it really impressed our members, our uh, Texas members. So I would like to thank them for their participation and their willingness to share their stories and their little chit chat and uh, their camaraderie really camaraderie. came their appreciation of each other. So uh, that was an important part. uh, There at the very end, it left everyone with a good feeling and a on a high. Um, So I that that was important to me and important to uh, all of our Texas members. Yes, I definitely want to thank ACB radio uh, and staff. Uh, I call it the ACB radio team. Uh, They have uh, worked with us so well. As others have said, I just want to ditto that and say we really do appreciate all you do, and we look forward to working with you in the future. And in regard to our ACB members nationwide, we had uh, good participation. Uh, they reached out to me after I posted things on the leadership list and the ACBL list, and when they had questions, they knew they could come to us. And if I wasn't the person that had the answer or needed to answer that, I would forward it to the person that needed to answer that question. Uh, but it was very good just knowing that they were interested and also took time to text us, call and send email while the conference was going on to say uh, how much they were benefiting from the adjusting the blindness session, the leadership seminar and our advocacy session. 
Uh, those yeah. were the top three for me, and they they really appreciated those. And also, I just really say my personal thanks to our team in Texas that took the assignments that they had and went with it and uh, did what they had to do. Michael? Yeah, I also want to thank the ACB members. Uh, one of the one of the things I enjoy about ACB is that you know we learn from each other, and for, and as long as I've been in ACB, I've brought back things that I've learned from ACB and and tried to implement those things here in Texas or even in my in my local chapter. So it's been a learning process. It's been a sharing process. And I'm just glad that they thought enough of us to, to tune into our convention. So I really thank thank them for that. And of course, as everybody else has said, ACB Radio, I mean, the, all, all you folks at ACB Radio, you're just top notch. And and then of course, our members, uh, like Sheila has shared, there are some of some of our members who don't get out all the time, who don't make all the face to face meetings, and, and I'm glad that they had an opportunity to to see what hard work this committee and Peggy and Kenneth and 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 all of those everybody in, in our committee. Uh, did but not only that they got a chance to, to see or hear uh, people from other parts of the country, uh, national leaders that they don't get to to uh, mingle with, and that's a great experience. And then of course, absolutely. You know, I am so sorry to do this, and Peggy, I apologize about closing thoughts, but time is a cruel mistress, and we are at the end of Sunday edition. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on, and congratulations on a successful convention. I'll be back again next Sunday with another amazing show, and check out Pride Connection this week for our continuing conversation on racial justice. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email Celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday. 